Welcome to the Data Driven Podcast. I'm Dominic Bohan, the host of the Data Driven Podcast here, and today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Deidre Downing, who is the Chief Learning Officer at Story IQ. Deidre's got a wealth of experience in education focused on teaching large enterprises the value of data literacy. I'm thrilled to invite Deidre and some of her friends to take the mic and share their knowledge with you, our loyal listeners. Okay. Here's a special data literacy episode of the Data Driven Podcast, guest hosted by Deidre Downing, the Chief Learning Officer at Story IQ. Welcome to the Data Driven Podcast, where we dive deep into getting more value from our business data. Whether you're a data professional, leader, or just curious about developing your data skills, the Data Driven Podcast is here to guide you along your journey. My name is Deidre Downing from Story IQ, and today we're going to discuss data driven culture and governance. Joining me today is Ed Barker, who is the Data Literacy Lead at GM Defense, which specializes in comprehensive solutions for global aerospace, defense, and security markets. Leveraging its parent company, General Motors' extensive R&D investments, GM benefits from unparalleled global design, engineering, and manufacturing expertise. Today, Ed and I are going to discuss creating a data-driven culture. Okay, here's my conversation with Ed Barker, the Data Literacy Lead at GM Defense. Hi, Ed. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Great. Well, it seems like we have a lot to learn from you. But you know, before we dive into the creating a data-driven culture, could you share with me sort of your definition or foundational components of what a data-driven culture is so that we're on the same page? Right. I mean, as we all know, you know, data-driven culture is really about the people, right? We can, you know, you can bring in technology, you can bring in a lot of training, but really what it comes down to is the individuals that we have within the organization create that culture so everybody feels like they're all moving towards the same goal, right? The same purpose. And some companies do this extremely well and other companies kind of fumble at it, right? And it's not because of they have this type of technology or they have this type of process. A lot of it comes down to the behavior of the individuals that they have in the organization. And in my past, prior to getting to my current role, you know, I've been through these type of behavioral situations, right? Where people have old mental models and they don't want to change. They want to they want to keep to what they've been doing for the past 10, 15 years. But our industry, any industry, won't allow that, right? We're all driven to try to generate revenue. We're all driven to try to become more innovative to stay within the market. And to do that, we have to manipulate our culture so that it's more data-driven. And we take out a little bit of the emotion behind making decisions. So the idea that I believe that this is the right course to go has to be replaced with after pulling the data and cleansing it, we understand from this data set that these are our options and this is a path that we've decided collectively to go. So again, moving away from something that's more emotional to something that is more factual, right? And or quantitative, let's say. And that's it's a big paradigm change if we look at my generation to the prior generation, right? Or even the generation that's coming up now. It's a very different change. So, yeah. The change management piece is always super challenging. And the idea that, you know, the answer of, oh, that's just my gut intuition isn't enough anymore, I think is really important because, as you said, it's changing, you know, between generations and technology is, is changing so quickly and we're getting so much more easy access to so much more data, we can't ignore it. What do you think those key principles are of starting to 
establish a data-driven culture, especially where there might be resistance or, you know, more traditional fields where this is very new as a process. So one of the most critical things is that people who are embarking on implementing a data-driven culture, they themselves have to believe it, right? And one client, I won't mention (laughs) the client's name, we're given the task, we have to, we want to be a data-driven culture, right? And this company had amazing technology, right? So we were using, you know, Snowflake and some of the latest uh, data governance tools. And we, so we had all the tools there. And the immediate team, we knew that, okay, we were excited about this. We got to change the culture. Now, this organization has done this once before, changed the culture, but not, not a, to a data-driven culture, right? It was more of, we want to move from this type of mentality to this other type of mentality, so we're all unified. And it worked really, really well. And the reason why it worked well is because senior leadership was committed to that. Now, in this latest of that, that example that I was just giving, senior leadership was not committed to it, right? So, so many leaders really see, they go out to LinkedIn, they go to a Gartner summit, they get this information, they're like, oh, this sounds like a great concept. And in their mind, they're thinking, well, I can get this in this fiscal year, right? Or I can do this to help our stakeholders understand that, hey, we're moving forward. But they're truly not committed to it, right? And that takes a lot of time to move a culture to be data-driven. Because again, taking out the, the technology, taking out the, you know, some of the processes, it really comes down to the people. And if my leader says or states that this is not a... um priority for themselves, right? For the journey, then I'm going to take the same mindset. And I'm just going to go through the motions. We're going to go through and say, okay, well, we're data-driven because we took these classes or we did this data literacy course. So now we're data-driven, right? And we can check this box and move on. And everybody's happy because we checked the box, but it's not that, right? So changing the culture is a journey and it has to be led by South leaders. And the leaders have to believe that this is going to be a benefit for the company. Not only the words that they say, but the actions that they do, right? So we're going to be data-driven. No longer do they want to get a spreadsheet, let's say, from finance, and then a Word document with the same information from accounting and the numbers not matching, right? So as a data-driven culture, we want to figure out ways that we're working from a global single source of the truth, whether it's, you know, got your master data, you got your data sets, you got your data mart, and you pull that information in. And just knowing that information, right, what a data mart is, what a data warehouse is, and how we're pulling information, these are things that are typically not expected of the business, right? So I think that's changing with with the way that the universities are teaching now. But in the past, you know, I can, I can talk to anybody who's been in their, their role in finance and accounting or maybe operations and we start talking about a data warehouse or a data lake and they're just going to throw their hands up. And so that, that's the culture, right? So the leaders, our CEOs, our VPs, our directors, the people implementing this, they have to take that initiative. They have to believe in it. And the belief comes not only by just talking the talk, but, you know, walking that walk. And it's, you know, so going out and using analytics, going, not being afraid to look at a large language model and say, hey, could this help us? Being innovative in that aspect. So that's, that's, that is probably the most critical thing is that we have to understand that leadership leads it and it's a journey, not a, a 12 month, you know, milestone. 
uh, that we can check off. And once you commit to it, then you got to you got to stick with it, right? And this even goes into your hiring practices. So when hiring new candidates to come into our organization, you have a baseline expectation that their their analytical skills are at a certain place, that they think in a certain way, or at least that they're willing to learn to how to think like this, right? You know, some of our degrees that we go into, and I'm trying to think of them off the top of my head, but most of them now require you to have, you know, statistics or analytics of some core course, right? But we quickly forget these when we leave college and we go into an organization that's data-driven and everybody's talking about, you know, averages and means and machine learning and you have a big, big gap to, to catch up. Yeah, so those are the kind of the, the points is, you know, leadership has to believe it. It's going to be a journey. We have to change the culture, not only from who's there, but who we hire as well. And would you say the messaging behind that is really important? So, so what you're saying got me thinking about you know, you start talking about data lakes and large language models to the average, I'll just say, marketing team, that might not mean anything. So how maybe do we think about explaining the what we mean by data-driven culture and what people's places are in that without getting people worried that they're in over their heads or that they're not going to be able to be successful? So the approach that I would take, honestly, is is I would think of it a little differently, is that we have to elevate the, the literacy of everybody in the organization. And not making everybody a data scientist, right? But making people aware of what is possible. So we have this example of corporate communications, right? And you just mentioned they may not be aware of what a data lake is or data warehouse. There are numerous learning management platforms out there that are relatively inexpensive where people can, you know, take this data literacy course to be elevate their education. So part of data driven culture is we have to take the time to elevate every employee's knowledge so that they are aware of what's possible. And again, not trying to make them a data scientist, not trying to make them, you know, an engineer or data architect, but simple things, you know, basic statistics, right? Understanding basic keywords like, you know, what is a large language model? Why is it important to have data quality for that? And I have a great example <laughs> for that if we, we get to it. And Data warehousing, data marts, these are all just generic words. But, you know, when we move to a data-driven culture, this becomes the new lexicon, the new way that we talk. So how I mentioned we have to, you know, walk the walk, right? So we have to make time, if we're going to be a data-driven culture, to elevate our employees' knowledge. And we can't expect them to go take a course at night or because they have their personal lives, right? They have other things. So if we're going to be a data-driven organization, then we have to set aside time where they can actually go and do training on site, right? To move to this, this new paradigm, right? This new mental model instead of, instead of the old one. And of course, like everything else, you're going to get people who are, I just don't want to take this training. I'm happy with what I'm doing. And we need to focus on the 80% and not so much the 20%, right? There will always be people that are, are happy in, in their, their current state, and that's okay, right? Eventually, the organization grows to have a culture that is so data-driven that leadership has to ask, is this person the right fit for our organization? And the person has to ask, is this the right organization for me now that it's you know made this, t- this transition? That investment of, you know, time, money, 
learning is important. It just hit me on a couple of levels there, right? Like meeting everyone where they're at and understanding, you know, I think keeping that that learning mindset and that this isn't a before and after and everyone's going to transform into data scientists is is so key to getting people on board and feeling comfortable using analytics regularly in their role. I guess maybe on that that thought pattern there, are, do you have any strategies or best practices for that training and empowering of employees. So how do we how do we really get them to grab onto this idea of a data-driven culture, regardless of sort of their department or their seniority level? Right. So if you're going to do a data-driven culture, you're going to have to commit to doing data literacy. And if you're going to be you know doing data literacy, you're going to have to commit to some type of classroom environment. Now, you know, classroom environment is not the best because we know that 70% of the learning comes from workshops, right? Getting your hands on with the data and working with it. But doing these classes, we hope to elevate the awareness, right? Elevate the knowledge of the, the, the key words. So there are, again, numerous external companies that provide this type of services. Um, you know, in the last organization, there was two really good ones that we used. Um, and they allowed the, the people to, during their lunch break, right? Or during, take a five minute break or 15 minute break, they could continue their education. And large companies already have, you know, they may already have courses like this, but it's not socialized well enough for everybody. So that's, um, I have to pause there because I'm <laughs> lost the question. There was a key point I wanted to bring back in, into that. Oh, about data literacy. So you're going to have to commit to the, the whole, the whole part of data literacy and taking the time to teach people on site on your dime, right? On the company's dime as opposed to expecting this outside. It has to be part of their their requirements, right? So if, you know, we call them R, some companies call them R and these roles, responsibilities, but we have to measure our people on these, you know, on this concept. Are you data literate, right? And help them get to that point if, if they're not. There are a tremendous, you know, amount of employees that have great virtues and we don't want to lose them, right? But we, we have an opportunity to, to elevate that, that knowledge and elevate the education. So that's, the data literacy part is key to bringing that on. And I lost track of your question. <laughs> so, uh, Well, I let, you know, I can go off on a tangent on data literacy as well. So I, I feel you there. I was just thinking if, you, if we were trying to get to if there were any best practices or techniques to empower employees to use data analytics in their role. So definitely data literacy is a great starting point, but anything beyond that that you would share? Right. So, so if you're going to embark on a data, you know, driven culture, you need to first do the assessment, right? Develop an assessment. You can use simple things like Microsoft Forms. Get it out to your organization. Understand where people are, what their, what their challenges are right now. And then, you know, there's also the concept of, you know, where are we in this life cycle? What, how do we grade as a data driven culture? So doing these assessments and understanding the current state, allows you to, you're going to have that gap, right? This is where we are currently. This is where we want to be. And these are the, the different paths that we, we need to, to, to get there. So with that, there's numerous ways we can do it, right? Most people, if we go to IT, we know that they're going to be fairly data literate, right? Maybe not have the, the best business knowledge, but they're going to have the technical knowledge. If we go to, you know, marketing, corporate communications, they're going to have a lot of great insight into maybe analytics, right? Uh, statistics and, and metrics that come off it, but they're not going to have the, the technical knowledge. So each one of these groups, if we group them by personas, we can understand how to elevate their knowledge, 
right? And if we can take everybody, elevate their knowledge to what our goal is, then we develop this high-level data literacy, which will allow us to easily get into more of a data-driven culture. When we do this, we have to also provide the opportunity for them to have the tools in place, right? So there are tools like Alteryx, Data IQ, right, that can help people who are in a business role merge to that more technical, more analytical role without having to have a four-year degree, right? So these are some of the things that we can do to, to move forward with, with data literacy, which will inevitably help us with our data culture, right? Everybody loves a hero. And if a person can take a data set, let's say accounting, they have a, a problem with global accounting organization. They have a problem with somebody always, you know, submitting their, their month in reports too late, right? So this drives out their, uh, their completion, which decreases the fulfillment of the employees working there, right? But it wouldn't be difficult if a person had the knowledge to say, okay, I'm going to acquire the data set. I'm going to cleanse it. I'm going to put it into one of these tools like, you know, I mean, even Power BI, again, Data IQ, Alteryx, they all can do this and understand, okay, who are my outliers that I need to work with, right, to better resolve this situation? And we actually did this at one of the clients, and we pinpointed people who need to be retrained. And once that retraining happened, they were submitting their information a lot more quickly. But we also learned you have to be, because again, being a global company, time zones play an impact. So it was a little bit of education for the people in the United States to say, hey, <laughs> we have to be aware that this is going to happen because we are looking globally to have financials come in at a certain time. But in the end, we had the group become more data-driven, right? They were more aware of analytics because they got their hands on it and they were able to use it. And they elevated their fulfillment because now they had a clear understanding of why this is occurring and how they could fix, or at least potentially fix part of it, right? And there, there's no one blueprint to success, right? And I, I think that's a great example of, you know, how one company has done it by linking a few different departments together. And, and as you said, it's data is global, we're global. There, there's a lot to consider there and get collaboration on. So it'll look different in every organization. It will. It will definitely. So you're absolutely correct about there is no one single blueprint. And we have to be open to failure. For many of the clients, we've tried a tactic and thought it was going to work. And the adoption was so poor. Good example is we wanted to start teaching data science for the business as a class inside of the organization. And initially, we had over 70 people sign up for it, right? And it was a class that was being held on time, on the, in the work time. And, you know, we purchased the book. So everybody had the book. And we started through it. Chapter one, two, and three was great. Chapters four or five half the people showed up. Chapter six and seven, we start getting into analytics. We had maybe five, you know, four or five people in it. And so I went back and I asked the question, like, why? Why did you guys stop taking it? And a lot of the answers were, well, it's not a priority for my, my leader. I don't have the time because of competing projects. So, and this is a great example. If you're going to start doing a data-driven culture or data literacy or data governance, you have to assess your situation. Is there already a large implementation of something going on, right? Are you, for example, an ERP system? So at one client, it was an ERP system. And it's a kind of bittersweet scenario, right? Because if people are more data-driven and you're implementing the ERP system, you can actually complement and make it 
more productive, right? Get a higher return on your investment for for the innovation. But the implementation of it takes up so much time that people barely have time to do their jobs. So what falls out? The things that fall down are the things that are not a priority for senior leadership. And this is where we go back to the very first part of the conversation is that if you're going to even embark on these these uh, endeavors, you have to get the leaderships to verbally and agree, as well as you know, you know, the work that they're doing has to also align. What I often ask is, you know, we'll set up a list of requirements and we'll send that to the leadership, saying these are the things that you're committing to, right? And these become these requirements become our KPIs, right? We can gauge where we are to those. So. There isn't one single path. It can quickly fall apart. Failure will happen, and it will happen more quickly when leadership is not involved in making this uh, part of their organization. And it's hard to get the answer sometimes from your leader, but you really have to step back and, and start asking that question, why? So, And, and not be nervous about it, right? Because <laughs> this individual is putting the, the task on you to implement you know, or help implement this data-driven culture. And, you know, success or failure, uh, it's going to reflect on you. Uh, so it's okay to challenge them a little bit, right? It's okay to challenge the leadership and ask why. Ask why three times. You know, why do you want this data-driven culture? Why do you think this is going to help with innovation? Why in our organization is this the right time? And keep on digging into it, right? And if they have the answers, then they've thoroughly thought it through, right? So you send that back to them and document, email, whatever, and literally get the sign off of it. So this way you have something to go back and say, these are the things that we talked about, right? These are the deliverables. These are the things that you believe in. And it'll help you with a lot of the barriers that you're going to run into when you try to implement this because every capability is going to take it on a little bit differently. You know, it's uh, with finance and accounting, I've always seen that as a very eager group for the past several clients. They're very eager to take on this this uh, opportunity, right, to learn more, to be data-driven, because they work with a lot of data, right? So it's not such a large leap. Corporate communications, right, who may not be working with this all the time, a little bit bigger of a leap. Still a tremendous amount of opportunity there. And so you have to work with them just a little bit different. Going back to the blueprint is not the same. Your conceptual blueprint for the whole organization may be one perspective, right? But as you broke it break it down to different capabilities, you're probably going to have to address each capability differently, right? Because they're going to have different personas, right? Different personality types. So it's it is a challenge. It's exciting as well. The results are are amazing when you start to see people succeed and start using data. You get that feeling like this is actually going to work. That you feel like the hero. And when you can see a group take the the knowledge that they learned in your course and communicate effectively with IT, with the data science individuals, and they develop a product or develop a solution that saves the organization X number of thousands or millions of dollars, that's a huge win. And those things have to be celebrated, right? So part of this culture isn't just, okay, we're going to go this way, we're going to go this way, but you know, taking the time to celebrate the successes. And I don't, that's not necessarily data-driven, but that's just good behavior, right? I couldn't agree more that it's those baby steps that we need to 100% celebrate to keep people in the mindset of continuing on with using analytics, being comfortable with data, having those conversations, and just 
you know, you sort of came full circle for us, right? We started off talking about the need for leadership buy-in and, you know, really here the success totally hinges on it. And you gave some, some great examples of when that has and has not happened. I think this is a great point to sort of wrap up this episode of the Data Driven Podcast. Thanks again to Ed Barker, the Data Literacy Lead at GM Defense for joining us. Join us again tomorrow when Ed and I continue our conversation and discuss key principles of data governance. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Ed, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes or visit his company website at grossventure.com. That's grossventure with an E.com. Just one link in our show notes I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while listening to this podcast, head over to datadrivenpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. Of course, you can always reach me. Just submit an inquiry at storyiq.com. If you haven't subscribed yet and want a steady stream of data-driven brilliance in your podcast feed, we're publishing multiple episodes each week. So hit that subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow. Okay, that's all for today. But until next time, remember that when it comes to data, less is more. Thank you.